Welcome to The Unshrew Show, a personal journal covering pop culture, millennial life, relationships, and career from an unshrewed point of view, hosted by me, Dana Jones. I'm so excited to be back, and I have a really cool topic I want to talk about today. It is raining again in Atlanta. I feel like I live in Seattle now because it has rained, I'd say consecutively, for like 13 days. Yesterday was beautiful, but now we're back to rain again today, and I'm in my normal spot, Listen to the rain and drinking some hot lemon water. So if you guys never tried it, hot lemon water in the morning is really good for your digestive system. For me, it kind of like wakes me up and helps me start the day. I just did some cleaning and I was like, I'm ready to record. And here I am. So what am I going to talk about this week? I wanted to kind of wait on this particular episode until after I watched the reunion show, but I'm going to talk about Love is Blind. I actually had heard about the show. I think I saw some tweets about it, but I was not watching another show, like not adding another show to my roster of things to watch because I feel like it's pretty full now and I just didn't want to throw in anything new. What I do a lot, especially as I'm studying and doing schoolwork, is I play shows I've already seen so I can kind of reminisce on stuff that I remember without having to pay a lot of attention to stuff so I can catch in and get engaged into something new and all caught up and all emotionally involved and new characters, all that stuff, all the feels. So I really like just like replaying old shows. Right now I've been replaying Nip Tuck and also I replay The Simpsons and it's cool because with The Simpsons there's so many episodes of The Simpsons. I'll catch an episode that I might have missed or pick up something that I remember from like being a kid when they used to run the reruns of The Simpsons. So I like doing that. I really find it difficult for to, to want to get engaged in a new show. So I really try to stay away from that. But I got a text from my friend Nikki and she was telling me that I should watch the show. It's just experiment. And it had ties to Atlanta. So those two things kind of drew me in. I love seeing shows that especially like reality shows and even scripted series that are based in Atlanta, just because I think our city is amazing. So I love shows that are able to highlight the beauty of it. And in particular, a show about dating in Atlanta, because I date and I'm in Atlanta. <laughs> I love to see people finding love just because there's so many negative horror stories about dating. And I'll probably go into that a little bit later. But Maybe not even on this podcast because I just want to see the positive in it. And I think that this show, for the most part, was a an attempt to show the pursuit of love and like a genuine pursuit of love without all of the the complications of it. And so what Love is Blind wanted to do was take away seeing someone first and really build on the conversation and the connection that you have through that. So I, after my friend Nikki told me about the show, I ended up binge watching week one and two in one night. And I was like, Ooh, I, I can get into this show. This is, this is interesting. And so I ended up watching the finale as soon as that came out. And then just the past week I watched the reunion. It came out on Netflix first, but now it's on net. No, it came out on YouTube first. Now it's on Netflix. So I went looking for it on Netflix and it wasn't there, but I saw it on YouTube. So I was able to pull it up on Apple TV, watch it that way. Um, and I'm going to get into my thoughts on that. But I, I think as a whole, just starting out my thoughts on the experiment, I believe just because it's so difficult now. It's so difficult, but easy at the same time to, to, to find someone to try to connect with. But 
I still think that there's room to try a different approach to love just because there's still a lot of single people out there and I am one of them who feels like there's got to be another way. There's got to be a better way to do this. There's got to be a way that takes out some of the frustration and the hassle and the complications of this process because I know a lot of people meet on apps. I know some people meet in person. There's so many different touches that you can have to find someone, but most of them lead with a picture or a face-to-face interaction and a physical appearance. So sometimes it'll be nice to like take that complication out of the picture. And this experiment is based on that. So they meet in these pods and looks like the pods have like a bar cart where they have like snacks and drinks and water and the serious people come up in those pods with notepads not everybody did but I think a lot of them had like a notepad to take notes on who they met who they liked what they felt about the person they never really showed us what notes they were taking but it might be nice if we got some insight into that Side note, (laughs) but anyway, a lot of them had like a notepad where they were taking notes and like making, you know, points probably about who they liked the most, who they liked the least, all that stuff. So I thought that was interesting, but they sit in these pods and they go room to room. The guys go room to room, I think, and the ladies stay in one room. I couldn't tell, but one either stays, one either moves and the first day you start with a lot of dates and as each day goes down, you kind of window whittle down like who you really were interested in, who you weren't really interested in. And it's interesting because I noticed some things about the different people as they dated, as I went back and watched it again, like there's a guy on there named Barnett. He had very, he was very forward in a sexual way. And some of the ladies were very off put by that. But the, the one girl that he ended up getting engaged to Amber, she was really into it. She liked his banter. She played back and forth with him. And even another girl, Jessica kind of like played back and forth with that banter and kind of laughed about it and didn't find it offensive. But some of the other ladies were like, nope, 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 nope. Whereas some of the other guys were like, oh, you got to be a black girl. And it's like, that's the whole point of this situation is to take race off the table, to take what you look like off the table, to take the things that are a little bit more surface level off the table and look at the values and the heart of the person. Because, yeah, I mean, we all know that there's some beautiful, beautiful people out there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a match for us because you find them physically attractive. Like, They might be beautiful and amazing and then have a spending problem or have a drinking problem or have a vanity problem where they're just obsessed with looking a certain way and obsessed with making you look a certain way. And I've dated a guy like that who was just really into managing his own physical appearance, but then also micromanaging mine, which you don't want to be with a guy who's like that because it's like, do you not accept me for who I am? Are you going to stay on top of me for every choice that I make I remember he took me out to eat and we went to Outback and when I go to Outback at least at that time when I was younger I always used to like to get this pasta that they had with like shrimp and crawfish and this really pink nice marinara sauce on it it was just so good I think it was called Toowoomba pasta I used to always get that every time I went and when I went to order it he was like I think you need to order something different. He tried to convince me to order a hamburger. And I'm like, who goes to Outback and orders a hamburger? I don't want a hamburger, but it's things like that. You don't want someone micromanaging what you eat, what you do, how you look. That's just not going to work out. So I thought that was pretty interesting in terms of 
the experiments, like taking away that nuance of like, ooh, that person's hot. Ooh, that person has beautiful eyes. Ooh, that person is 64. Because uh, I get caught up in that one a lot where my friends are like, he's got to be 6'2 to date me. And I'm like, you're 5'1. So why does he got to be 6'2? <laughs> like taking that out of the picture and looking or listening to the person and having a talk with the person, having a conversation where you're re- really just looking at a wall. It was like a blue wall similar to what frozen yeah similar like Elsa's house in frozen like an ice wall but you really could see nothing through it so it's literally like just this wall with like colors <laughs> I say colors but it was really just like blue white light blue that that hex family <laughs> hex family yeah but anyway those type of colors like that's literally what you're looking at and you have to be in your own feelings in your own space closed off and literally just looking at that and interacting with someone on the other side of it so you have to be good at talking to someone I did notice that like, people who are better at holding down a conversation succeeded in the pod so people who are not so great to hold down a conversation we didn't really get to see more of their story uh I noticed that one of the pod conversations this guy was like tell me what you your I think he said your turnoffs and the girl was like I hate I hate I hate listen to someone breathe she immediately said I hate I hate I hate and I felt like that was kind of something that you could say that will make the other person listen and be like oh I'm not feeling this person so it was probably just one of those things where yeah any potential for future conversation went down the drain after that at least that's what it seemed like watching and and I've noticed this about myself and then as I'm online dating is so many people lead with what they don't want versus what they do want and what they have to offer and it took me having someone look at my profile to be like wow your profile is really negative because it had things like I want you know it, it talked a little bit about myself but it was like I'm not interested in friends with benefits I'm not interested in people who are ethically non-monogamous I'm not interested in poly okay that's all the stuff I'm not interested in so when you peel all that back I had to go back to like what am I interested in so I am interested in genuine connection and what do I have to offer well I'm self-sufficient I'm into fitness, I'm into education, I'm currently getting my master's degree, I'm almost done with my program. So switching the narrative was something that I had to even check myself on just because it's so easy to go to the 90% of what's out there, which is probably not the stuff that you're really into, instead of really focusing on the 10%. And really, because I'm only looking for one person, that 1% out of 99 that's going to be attracted to the best things about me versus all those things that I don't want when they see all that list of don'ts they probably gonna be like oh she's very negative gross run away (laughs) and I don't want to do that so uh, that kind of reminded me of myself when I saw her say I hate I hate I hate um I don't know I don't like that question if I'm talking to someone or getting to know them like what's your turnoffs Cause it's a negative leaning anyway. So I'd probably just say, you know, someone who's not consistent in their behavior, someone who's not consistent in their actions, because that is a big turnoff. And it would kind of make me not want to date someone. If you say, I'm going to call you back and you say that every day, but you'd never call me back. It kind of looks like you can't fall through on your word. And I know things happen, but if it's repeatedly happening, then that's just you. And can I deal with that? Probably not. So it's a turnoff for me. So my thoughts on the reunion, after watching the reunion show, I really feel like 
this show was a great experiment and I liked the calmness of the reunion that it seemed like a really loving environment and it seemed like everybody had a lot of respect for each other even the couples that didn't get married because spoiler alert only two couples that they showed us a peek behind the curtains for got married um, more got engaged in that I think it was one two it was maybe five or six couples that got engaged that they featured their stories but what they didn't show and I'd love to find an article about this and share it with you guys is that there were a lot more couples that went into the pods that maybe didn't have their story featured and so I'd love to to know how many total couples they had and how many actual couples got married or got engaged and they're still together maybe they're still dating maybe they're married and we didn't get to see it on tv but I'm gonna look that up and I'll share it in in the um, blog post about this podcast just because I just would really love to know like I want to believe that it's this this is still possible love is still possible it, it's out there and what's that Rihanna song where they say we found love in a hopeless place well if the world is a hopeless place I think people are still finding love in it so I just don't ever want to watch something that makes it look like it's not possible I'm not really big into the bachelorette just because that dynamic I think is not healthy or successful for um, a man or a woman to come onto a show and to date 15 20 people go to fantasy suites and it's funny because my mom called me about the latest season of the bachelor last night and she was talking to me about it and I was like you know mom I only watched one season of the bachelorette and I didn't really watch the whole thing and I wasn't super engaged with it. I know there's fans that have like watch parties and stuff. From a pop culture standpoint, I know some of the the themes like the rose and then I know the fantasy suite and the engagements and the, the home visits. That's pretty much a similar format to some of the other reality shows like Flavor of Love did the clocks and they did the families come visit and he didn't propose to him to them but you know they had like the selection process and all these different things so I think some of them have a similar tone but I think it's toxic in a sense especially from what my mom was telling me last night it's toxic because he's taking multiple women to the fantasy suite he's kissing multiple women and then the women are all together but they're all dating one guy so that whole, the whole dynamic to me is not something I'd really want to watch on the show and I also feel like the show's never very diverse they've never had a black male bachelor um and there's going to be pros and cons to that if they ever do that in the future uh and then when they you know I just think that there's never really I just don't think it's a show that's for diversity it's never diverse at least from the cast pictures I've seen like I said I don't watch it so I'm only judging a little bit from afar but you see the cast photos the cast don't ever look that diverse in my opinion so um, it's just not for me but I like that this dynamic gave everybody an equal playing field and an equal chance to find a match versus just having one person trying to match or pick a match from amongst like 20 30 women or 20 30 men and literally one woman the odds are not that great then but the odds are much better now if you put 50 women and 50 men and you mingle them up the way that they did with the pods and you let them meet each other and I'm sure they didn't have 50 people but get where I'm going with this even if it's 20 and 20 or 15 and 15 at least it's an even playing field of single um straight adults getting into the mix and being able to find someone for them versus having the odds not being your favor uh hunger game style where it's like one dude 20 women 
that's about like it is. Well, that's how it feels sometimes when you go out at least, um, you know, out for a night. It might feel like there's like way more women than men. But I think ultimately it's not quite that way. Like, I don't think the odds are stacked against us to find someone I think that's just a narrative that we use as an excuse to not find someone so for instance I'll hear people say there's no one left out there no there's people out there Uh, there's billions of people in the world so there's got to be someone for each of us so just taking away things like that from from the scheme of conversations really helped been helpful for me as a dater Uh, So like I said, like I really like the reunion and I really like the format of this show because it kind of gives everyone a chance to find love versus making making the odds impossible. I mean, it's just more difficult when it's like 20 women and one guy versus 20 and 20 and having that even playing field. So now I'm going to kind of get into some of the couples and their dynamics and uh, what I thought about everything as a whole. So the first one I'm going to start with is going to be Gianna and Damien so I think that they seem to really genuinely care about each other but Gianna had some dysfunctional uh, dysfunctional communication style and I felt like she's was more defensive than offensive and sometimes that dynamic was not healthy but I think she liked when Damien would kind of tell her like hey like just chill a little bit um I know they didn't get married in the end, but they're still together, which I think is great. And I think everything that they saw on the show about their communication dynamic would is it serves as a good learning opportunity for both of them because she really had to see like, oh, wow, this is toxic. Like I'm always starting arguments. I'm always, you know, pushing you or I'm always hitting below the belt because when you fight, you really can't hit someone below the belt. Like you can't say something that's really going to hurt their feelings that you can't take back, which I think she did that a little bit when they thought um, she brought up something about um, them being physical and it was kind of hurtful. And I think he was hurt by it. And I mean, to bring that up on camera, I thought was really bad. So I was like, gosh, I just don't know how he can move past that to marry her. And he didn't marry her, but he was able and mature enough to move past it to still be in a relationship with her with that, which I think is really great. Um, Cameron and Lauren, I, so I was rooting from them for them from the start. They both appeared really healthy and genuinely open to something new. I mean, Cameron was a scientist or is a scientist, uh, AI, which is artificial intelligence scientist, which I think is so cool um, and very different. And it's forward thinking. It's a very forward thinking career because we're moving more into automation and artificial intelligence things. Uh, so I think there's it's a very promising career to be in at this time. And I think that's really great that he loves his job because he kind of started with that. And he talked about how he believed in experiments and, you know, being a scientist, you do them all the time. So I thought that was a really great foundation to, to, to build on. Um, and I just felt like they were both really likable. They were both really good at communicating. They're both very open and vulnerable. And she had never dated outside her race, which I think is, is cool just because she was open to do it um so I've dated outside my race before and I think that whenever the aspect of race comes up to me at least in my experience the times I've tried it it's kind of like soured everything just because a person who is not marginalized if you're a white man um their perspective on the the women of color can really change the dynamic for the better or for the worse. And so I felt like Cameron had a really healthy understanding or was trying to understand where she was coming from. Like I love when they 
first had their night together and she put her scarf on because that's part of the culture of being a black girl like you have a scarf that you wear at night most likely to protect your hair from getting messed up and to take care of it and to keep it healthy so I thought wow she's open enough to put that on the first night that's really great um but just being able to see him be open to whatever she shared about herself and about what she was going through and not judge her. I think that's really a big part of any relationship, um, not just interracial one. So I thought that everything about them was what I would love to see. It's, it's something, it's an image and a dynamic that I think we need to see more of. And I hope we get to see more of, and I'm excited that they got married and things are still going strong and they just launched a YouTube channel. So I will definitely try to watch that. Um, I just, I loved that whole dynamic and I think it was a big win for us all to see a woman of color find love in a show like this. That's an experiment. She stepped outside her comfort zone. She found someone outside her comfort zone, but he's just a really, really good match for her. And I think he was, at least to me, my favorite guy on the show. Um, he just was chill. Like I like the chill dynamic. He had the house. He was just ready. And I appreciate that. So the next couple I'm going to talk about is Barnett and Amber. So as I went back to watch the first episode, I noticed how very forward Barnett is. Uh, I think I mentioned that a little bit ago, but he's very forward. And I felt like Amber was like the guy version of him to an extent, uh, but feminine enough. And she was from, she was in the army. And I just caught that as I went back to watch the first episode again, but she was in the army and, you know, very athletic. And so I think they were a very good match because he was very athletic too. But I was really surprised surprised they got married I guess I don't know why because I feel like I can't pinpoint which one of them I thought was going to back out uh, they seem to really really like each other and get along and I think that some of the editing was a little creative around their story because um, Netflix told us that Amber was like $20,000 in debt from school and not paying it and she wanted to be a housewife but I think that it didn't really show us everything behind their story because Barnett admitted that he had debt as well and Amber was saying some of the reasons she wasn't paying down her debt was because she just uh, she was going through depression from some things that happened in her life so I think that there was a missed opportunity to really address that and touch on that topic um, where they could have, you know, mentioned it or thrown it in, but maybe they were trying to protect her. I don't know. But by withholding that information, it kind of painted a picture like she was a gold digger who didn't work, who just wanted to be a housewife. But in reality, she had these personal challenges she was overcoming. And that was the reason for her to not pay down her debt um, and to not have a job right now. So she wasn't employed when they got married, um, which I thought was interesting. But maybe it was a victory or not a victory, but like a positive, just because I think sometimes we get in our minds that we had to have the perfect job and the perfect amount of money before we find someone. And that's not necessarily true. So take it, take it for what it is. (laughs) Um, The next couple I'll talk about is Jessica and Mark. So Jessica and Barnett like really hit it off. And I thought he was really into her, but it kind of switched up when he found out she was really into another guy, um, which was kind of just is what it is. I guess it bothered Barnett. She was into Mark, but she and Mark seemed like a better match. But ultimately I think Jessica as an individual just had some stuff she needed to do on her own. And then I can't imagine coming into this show, expecting to find one person and thinking you found another person. And then that person picking someone else. It's just, 
it just is what it is. I mean, that dynamic, I don't think we could have really helped it. Just It just happened where she connected with two guys and she couldn't pick between them. And they one of them made the choice for her, but it wasn't the choice she wanted. I think it took her power away. And she was stunned by that for the rest of the show. I saw one scene where she was like giving her dog wine. Is that even safe? I don't know. I don't have a dog, but I probably would never give my dog wine out of my own wine glass. It's different. Uh, and I thought it was also interesting that both Jessica and Barnett said they sleep in the bed with their dogs, though. Maybe that's just not something I've been exposed to. Uh, so maybe it's not that different or odd, but I, yeah, I don't have a pet, but I don't think I'd want my pet in my bed with me. But anyway, Jessica and Mark did not get married. Uh, I think ultimately the age was just a big issue for her. You know, they say age ain't nothing but number, but to Jessica, it was more than that. And she just could not shake it off. I mean, the times that she brought up age, I feel like someone was saying it should have been a drinking game just because she brought it up so many times. She was like, age, 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 age. She's 24. She's 34. He's 24. I'm 34. And yeah, whatever. (laughs) You don't like him. I think that was ultimately the root of the issue. Like you don't like him enough. You like Barnett. Let it go. Let him be free. Like don't hold this guy hostage when you know you're not feeling him. Period. The next couple, which I was actually shocked, shocked that they did not get married was Kelly and Kenny. Ultimately, I think Kelly just really did not like Kenny like that. And she kept hinting at it. She didn't want to be physical with him. And I think sometimes there's value in not being physical right away. A lot of times there's value in that because you really get to know the person. But they spent all those times in the pot. And then she just kept having all these excuses and like this whole monologue for why they should wait and why they should wait and why they should wait. Uh, I thought it was cool that both their parents had really short engagements and they were open-minded and supportive of everything that this experience had to offer them. Uh, I just think that it's great that Kenny has since found someone that's a good match for him. And he was able to look at the show and what he learned from the show and be really close and vulnerable with his person that he's with now um and and I I think that's really great Kelly didn't really say much about her current relationship but I think there was just something that was in her that was keeping her from really getting connected with Kenny and that it's good that they broke up but it seemed they have a lot of love for each other from the experience they don't straight up hate each other um and I really like that like I said I love the reunion of this show because nobody was catty with each other not that much um for the most part the people who had been engaged and who were no longer engaged were very supportive of each other or they were still dating uh Gianna and Damien actually apologized to each other for some of the behaviors and actions that they took while on the show which I thought was really cool for them to admit like geez I was so wrong here um Gianna specifically was like I was so insecure in this way that I was just pushing you away because I push everything good for me out of my life which I was like whoa it takes a lot of self-awareness to be able to just admit something like that to yourself and then even more self-awareness to admit it out loud so the last couple that I'm gonna talk about is Carlton and Diamond so okay where do I even begin with this one I found Okay, I'll start from the beginning. So as soon as I first saw Carlton, I was kind of like, oh, you know, he has very interesting style. And as soon as I saw some of his, his interactions with people, I started thinking like, yeah, I was a little bit confused. I didn't know if he was really on this show to really find love. Um, even though he kept saying like, I really want love. I really want a loving relationship. I want a wife to satisfy me in this way. He did kind of focus on that a little bit, or at least that's what they showed us. Um, he 
he talked about a lot of different things and he met with the girls. I kind of felt like he was a little rude in some of the pods with some of the girls, but ultimately he and Diamond found a connection. They got engaged, but from the beginning, at least from the beginning of their story, I was like, something about this is off to me. And finally, late in the first episode, he says, I have a big secret. And I'm like, oh, I kind of knew where that was headed. As soon as he said he had a big secret, uh, I thought he was either gay or bisexual or there was something there. And so he admits that he's bisexual. So he tells the audience, but he doesn't tell Diamond. And he proposes to her. And then by the second episode, they are on their whisked away on a special trip to Mexico um, and the secret secret overwhelms him. So he tells her, but it's just so awkward because I think by the way she reacted to it, I don't think she would have been terribly crushed if he had just been honest about it upfront. You just never know. Like the, the whole reason why everything blew up was just because you were just honest about it and you proposed to someone and you didn't tell that person that, that was the case so I think that that's what blew everything up whereas he's thinking oh she doesn't want me because I'm bisexual it's like no she didn't necessarily say that she was just trying to understand why didn't you share this all that time we spent connecting in the pause all that time we spent conversing in the pause why wasn't this part of your story then if this is who you are so I think it, at least the way I took it was that he hid it because he's, he's was scared to share it because he just wanted the end goal, which was to be married. But this is a big thing that you can't withhold from someone. You can't not tell someone, oh, by the way, I am bisexual. And I just feel like there's a lot of double standards around men being gender fluid. It, I know that's how he described himself in the um, finale uh, or the reunion was he said he was gender fluid and I get that and I think that it's 20 what 2020 and I think I'm glad that people feel that they can openly be who they are I just think I hope that he can in the future be open for or at least open to accepting or open to telling people that he is gender fluid, that he is bisexual. I don't think that those two terms mean the same thing. Um, They don't. So not necessarily. But I just think like whoever you are um, nowadays, there's so many labels out there that you can give yourself. Let that be part of your initial story. Don't let that be something you withhold from someone you're trying to build intimacy with. I don't think that that was fair. And I think that she got a lot of backlash because people were saying she's biphobic, which she was not. I think she came to him in a way that was, she was trying to understand like, Hey, like, why didn't you feel you could tell me that? But when she tried to connect with him and talk to him about it, after he told her, he kind of blew up and it just was really a really difficult conversation to watch. And I'm sure for them to live and for it to go on social and just become this big thing. It wasn't a, a positive experience. I'd say of the everything that happened on the show, I'd say that was the most damaging or most damning moment to me to see something like that play out and to see it get so much attention just because of the toxic way or the negative way we already look at dating and relationships and some of the negative attitudes we already have about it to see a situation like this play out doesn't add positivity to the movement. It doesn't make people who are dating and out there 
more excited about dating. But at the same time, I think there was so much good to come out of this show that that one thing maybe added a element of humanity to it because they're all, all these situations are not going to work out and be perfect and have harmony and have this positive friendly ending. But what I do think is that I just, like I said, I just kind of was a little irked by it, by seeing that movement play out and seeing Carlton. I felt like he was the only black man that they interviewed or put a focal point on. So to have him be the only one there, that was kind of, um, you know, a little bit frustrating to me is I want to see more diversity in the men there, though they did pick great guys. Uh, and then you also kind of have to think about how many guys actually applied and all those things that go back to, to all the other stuff. So since they're casting for a season two, maybe more men who are diverse will take a chance and get out there and try it because they see that it's worked. And if they have the genuine motive to be married, they'll, they'll join the cast. So hopefully it'll change things. But I think ultimately it was just sad to watch. But I hope that they're both able to take something away from it and grow from it. I think it seemed like Carlton was more or at least trying to accept himself a little bit better. And I know that he felt like maybe judged by the reunion and judged by the initial show. But hopefully, you know, he's able to see that you can overcome something like this and it, you know, just gives him a little bit of comfort to know like, okay, I put my secret out there. Everybody knows now um, who didn't know before and someone out there will accept me for who I am regardless of, of regardless, <laughs> they'll just accept him. So I just look at it that way. But I think I can say for sure, I feel like more people are just not hiding who they are. And I'm appreciative for that because if you are fluid, if you are bisexual, if you're pansexual, because I've seen people be that as well, um, at least on dating apps, people are putting it out there a little bit more in front of things like they're putting it on their profile or they're bringing it up and they're just being more vocal about like this is who I am and owning it and so I think that's better for everybody just to just own it not be in hiding and don't feel pressured to hide it just just own up to it and be who you are so I would definitely watch the show in the future. I know this this show is actually filmed in 2018, so we're seeing it two years after it aired, and I think that that's probably a good thing. You know, it didn't air just this past fall. It kind of shows that these people were able to get into relationships and it was able to last. I hope that the next season features a little bit more of Vanessa and Nick. They're supposed to be the hosts, but they didn't do much hosting. Uh, and maybe that's a good thing because this show kind of stripped back some of the gimmicks. I know a lot of the dating shows have like challenges and, you know, group dates and all that stuff. It didn't do those things. It kept it really bare minimum and really focused on the, the point of the end goal. Maybe next time they can incorporate some therapy. But if they don't show it on camera, that's great. Maybe they did it behind the scenes. But therapy is really helpful in any relationship, especially your self relationship with your own feelings and your own thoughts so I think it would be nice if the couples or at least the individuals were getting therapy um and and getting cared for in that way uh just because being isolated and then kind of being reintroduced to the world is you know is a little difficult especially when you've like built a strong bond and then you take it out for everybody to see it kind of changes the dynamic of things so like I said, I really enjoyed the show. I'm glad that my friend told me to watch it. Um, I really appreciate her for that because 
it was something that I think I needed to see just to get a little bit of encouragement and motivation that it's still possible. It's still out there. The more positive examples of love, the better, um, the more hopeful, the more optimistic that I remain. Uh, and yeah, that's all I got for you. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening. If you love my podcast, please give me a rating. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, you can follow my blog uh, at thegreatnanaj.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter as thegreatnanaj and Facebook as well. And you can feel free to email me. I'm Dana at thegreatnanaj.com. And I appreciate you guys for listening. And I'll be back next week. Talk to you then.